SOS number 23. Here we go. Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. Boy, we're just we're just moving right along. Yeah, it was a good movie. My mic was muted. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast. Your mic wasn't muted. My mic was muted because of my stream. I did a separate stream where I used a different audio source this weekend. Um, welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast, episode number 23. Uh, episode 23, February 22nd, 2021. 23, 22, yeah, 21. Yeah, we're in the 20s, David. We're in the 20s. Mm-hmm. SOS and, number 23. Let's do it. And uh, we don't have a theme this week mm-hmm. uh, or this Monday. Today. Today, yeah. And I'll go back and say it. I was telling you, you were saying there's nothing really going on in the news. And I'm like, that's kind of a good thing. I think for so long, every day, something would happen in the news that would outrage uh, people. And that's happening less and less. And I think that has a lot to do with one person being in a different office. Yeah, I mean that it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. It matters, and a lot of people say, "Well, that's just one person." Yeah, but every one person makes it can make a difference. Yeah, and, uh, we've seen that. It's like a coach influences the character of the team. That's right. Um, a teacher can influence a classroom. Yes, and a leader can influence a nation. That's why yeah. it's important who you choose to be your leader. That's right. And so that's why your vote not only is important, or not only counts, it's important. Mm. You have to be very careful who you vote for, because, you know, vote for someone who's going to be a good leader. Mm -hmm. Not someone they think, you know, oh, he's funny. Or he's, you know, be careful how you vote. Yeah, uh, well, I also think that there's some people out there, and more power to them, but they associate being in the limelight with doing a good job. Like, it doesn't matter if you're out there screwing everything up. If you're out there bankrupting six casinos, as long as you're in the news, you know what you're doing. And that's not necessarily true, but for some people, that's what's important. The fact that you're getting attention. Well, there are... I've said this before, there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of different kinds of people out there. And don't think everybody out there is the same kind. Mm -hmm. They're all different. They're all very, very different. And you think, oh, there's not people out there like that. Yeah, there are. You'd be surprised. You'd be very surprised what some people will do and enjoy doing it and naturally do it. I mean, and I'm saying... Crazy things, funny things, atrocious things. And they would do things that you would think of doing, but yeah, they'll do it. And they would like doing it, and they would move to doing it. And they and they try to... Anyway, there's a big world out there, and there's good people, and there's bad people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I think it's also important to say your political affiliation is not a litmus test as to whether or not you're a good or bad person. Not at all. Uh, no. And I we got to this point in America where it's like team sports. I uh, I'm on a dating app, and there's so many people that are like, if you're MAGA, don't apply. And it's like, when did that become something that you needed to put in your uh, 20 word dating profile? You know what I mean? It's uh, like, I believe so strongly about politics that I will select a partner based upon their political affiliation. That's uh, that's pretty, that's a pretty big one, right? Well, I think some people do feel that way. And that's unfortunate, but that's who they are. And other people rise above, I would say, I would say rise above that. <laughs> and and that's just one of many things that makes a person. Mm-hmm. And some people say that that makes me. Yeah. And as I, just like we said, there's different people out there. And some people, uh, color matters. And I think tomorrow we'll talk about, by the way, this is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And to some people, color matters. And uh, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It was a very powerful movie. I don't want to start talking about that because we'll, we'll... By color, you mean it. race. I, I mean, I think that... Race. That, and that's, yeah. that's one thing about tomorrow that I'm a little worried about is you don't have all of the latest terms. And by saying color, people will be like, that guy's just a racist. And I, I, people think that way. Unless you get on the same page and learn all the lingo, you're a racist. I mean, color... That's, uh, that's, I think, a holdover from you grew up in Oklahoma, you know? Well, today we have BIPOC, you know, uh, and then the last POC is people of color. Mm-hmm. That's a term today, people of color, POC. Mm-hmm. But people don't say color matters, they'll say race. Yeah. And Well, the other day I was in a meeting and I said, I didn't say it, someone else said, said you or he... He says, I don't identify as a he, I, I'm a they, or something like that. Yeah. They go, oh, this is, oh, wow. You know, that's, well, there's all different kind of people out there. Like, you know? uh... and, it's, and they can be who they are. But what I don't like is when they cross the line and say, you have to be this way. Mm-hmm. You know, I says, no, I, I, I'm letting you be whoever you are, and, and I support that. And uh, you're going to attack me for supporting you. Just, and I don't support you the way you want me to support you. Fine, I'll support you however you want. But And so some people uh, just are just angry for some reason. But yeah. you're right. i got to be careful tomorrow. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it because mm-hmm. uh, it was a powerful movie. I really did like it. And I like some of the issues that they brought uh, to the screen and, and they talked about. It was good. I guess, yeah, there's a bunch of YouTube videos up now about, I told you yesterday about the Michael Che joke on Saturday Night Live. Uh, did you, do you remember that? No. Well, what, I will when you tell me. He's the Weekend Michael Update Jay. host, so uh, I, I could find it, but I'd have to sift through this two-minute clip. Um, the joke was seven seconds long, and he got in trouble for it. Uh, people are saying that he was being anti-Semitic. He said... Uh, Israel reports that over half of their population has been vaccinated. He's like, uh-huh. let, let me guess. It was the Jewish half. That was the joke that he made. 
And people are like, this guy is an anti-Semite. And uh, it's fascinating. Like, I do believe that life expectancy, access to health care, access to child care, uh, median and mean income, there's a discrepancy between uh, Jews and Muslims in Israel. You know, if you take a look at those two groups in a vacuum, like, you'll see there is a difference between those two groups. Um, and one way you can say eradicate that problem is just by making it uh, anti-Semitic to talk about the difference. You know? You don't try to fix the problem or establish equality. You just say that anyone who acknowledges that problem is an anti-Semite. That's one strategy, right? Well, what are they trying to fix? <laughs> are they trying to bring life expectancy, access to health care, access to child care, mean and medium income of the Arab population um, to parity with the Jewish population of Israel? No, no, no. I'm talking about the other thing. Uh, when you when you attack this guy and say, oh, he's anti-Semitic, what are they trying to do? They're trying to make sure you don't make jokes like that anymore. That you don't... Because uh, I think that the thing is, this isn't an attack on Jewish people, even though he says the word Jewish. That's the tough thing. When you say the word Jewish in a punchline, it seems like an attack on Jewish people. I think it's more an attack on the Israeli state has a system that's disadvantageous to Arab people. And that's difficult to debate. It's difficult to say, if you're an Arab in Israel, you have 100% the opportunity that a Jewish person does. That's, that's, it's difficult to say, uh, to say that with a straight face. But if you said, I don't believe that Arabs have 100% of the opportunity that Jews have, in Israel, based upon the numbers, is that anti-Semitic to say? I couldn't say. I don't know. Yeah, because you'd have to look into it. But I guess what I'm saying look into is, it. it's like saying uh, the Republican Party is the party of patriots. And therefore, if, you, if you're not a Republican, you hate America. Uh, I think that what needs to happen is people need to realize that the Israeli state, the government, the government of America is not me. I am an American. But when someone says, did you see Trump call Haiti a shithole? Since you're an American, you also believe Haiti is a shithole. And I could say, no. Like, um, so what's difficult is conflating the Jewish people with the Israeli state, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. They're two separate entities. One is a state actor on the global stage that has a sovereign state in the Middle East. The other is a race and a religion that's global. There's Jews in America that are not Israelis. There's Jews in Ethiopia that are not Israelis. There's Jews in Europe that are not Israelis. So to criticize Israel isn't necessarily to criticize the Jews, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I see what you're saying. I would say the Israeli vaccination rate being preferential towards Jews is more of a criticism of 
the Israeli state than of Jewish people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. But people will hear that and they'll, it'll gloss over, you mm -hmm. know, because they have, they have their issues that they want to, they don't hear anything. All they think about is their issues. Yeah. Uh, because like, like we say, keep on talking, but listen to, listen to as more than you talk and people don't listen. Especially when the punchline is a race and a religion. Let me guess, it was the Jewish half. He just made a joke, and the Jewish half was the punchline. That's got to be anti-Semitic. You know? It, it's difficult to sort of say, no, what he was saying was, the Israeli state preferentially favors Jews over Arabs. And that may or may not be true, but that's something maybe I should look into. Well, was he right? I think there's evidence that <laughs> there was some truth to what he was saying. Oh, there's probably, yeah. And, and that may was, be why they were offended. And it was a joke. true. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, the stuff like this, it's, it's difficult to talk about, but I think it's important to talk about. Well, I, I think another slant on this is not so much the content, but making jokes. I think humor... Uh, and I, I think uh, we should have a whole episode just on humor. Mm -hmm. Humor is fascinating. It's very, very interesting because uh, humor can bring people together and humor can separate people. Uh, humor is interesting because what you think is funny uh, can be very helpful and very harmful. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes bullying in school starts with making fun of people, laughing at people, and they don't take it well. And that's not a good thing. That can create a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of aggravation, and a lot of harm. Mm -hmm. So humor is interesting. You gotta be careful how you use humor and where you use humor. Yeah. And uh, and like he his his humor was observing something uh, and he probably didn't mean it well for example, let's say hypothetically, he didn't mean it at all the way people took it. Doesn't matter. The words were said, they're taking it this way. He says, I didn't mean it that way. And so humor uh, has a connection between people. Mm -hmm. How are you going to take what I say and what I do? If you, If we are together, then humor works. If we are not together, humor divides. Oh, you're making fun of me. Oh, you think that's funny. Oh, this is how you believe. Oh, and then you can spin it negatively. Mm -hmm. So when you're together, let me say that again. Uh, I think I like what I just said. <laughs> when you're together, when you really agree with one another, humor works because you understand what they mean by the humor. If you're not really bound together or on the same mindset, Humor will be divisive. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful. You got to be careful how you use humor. And uh, actually, that, that's a really good example. That uh, can you use humor? How, what type of humor can you use on television in a, news, in a newsroom? You know, you can't really address the subject of the news. Mm -hmm. You can make humor against each other, but you gotta, even that, you got to be careful.
Yeah, like there's some cringy. We've watched some news bloopers where people say something rude to their co-anchor and it just does not come off right. It's like, yikes. That was hard to watch. Yeah. You got to be careful being rude to people. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's it's easiest to joke around by putting someone else down, but it's like they may not take it well. They may be having a bad day or and uh a lot of times, you know, you don't want to do that to like your boss because they're in a position of power over you and they don't like to be put down. Um but I also think that sort of applies to to when you go after a specific group and that group has a lot of wherewithal and a lot of power. So um, you know, if if a group feels empowered and you make a joke about them, they'll say, you know, that was derogatory and racist against our group. Or, you know, that ex- exhibited a fundamental misunderstanding. And the sad thing is, what happens is people gravitate towards groups with less power. The ones that don't have the wherewithal to fight back. And I've seen this recently uh, in a podcast that I watch. I watch this podcast called the H3 Podcast. And um, he's recently, there's this lady, her name is Trisha Paytas, and she's known for being crazy on the internet. And she's sort of been hooked up with this guy, David Dobrik. He's got 10 million YouTube followers. And he was dating David Dobrik's right-hand man, who's this older gentleman. Um, And so she was in the vlogs that he would do. And they would always rag on her. You're crazy. Oh, you're so crazy. Blah, 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 blah. Well, they broke up and he, she started dating H3H3, the wife's brother. Uh, so the H3H3 is the husband-wife team. And she's crazy, but the main guy, Ethan from H3H3, said, let's do a podcast with Trisha. And because they're oil and water, you know, Trisha's larger than life and Ian's more, uh, Ethan's more reserved. Uh, they just have very different personalities. Well, um, they started doing it and they have these violent, dramatic flare-ups where they're mad at each other and there's so much drama. But uh, Ethan's like, you know, they always, on your old podcast, I mean, on your old vlog that you used to hang out with, they always said you're crazy. And that would be their excuse for uh, your behavior when you would do something like this. Oh, you're just crazy. And they'd invite you back. And he's like, but I don't think you can just call someone crazy and get a laugh out of that. Everyone gets a big belly laugh. Oh, you're crazy. And then just move on. Like, I really do think you might have an issue. And so he brought on Dr. Drew onto the podcast and had her talk to him. I was like, yeah, I think I need to refer you to a clinical psychologist and a behavioral therapist. And she got diagnosed with um, a personality disorder, borderline personality disorder. She got put on medication and she's like more stable than she's ever been. And she's like, yeah, people would just laugh at me and say that I was crazy. But when I found out that I was actually clinically crazy and I got the help that I needed, people were upset because that was my personality. My personality was crazy. But I feel better now because, I mean, it was easy to laugh at me over and over again when I would have these breakdowns on social media. And people would just say, she's crazy. But the thing is, she really was crazy. And she needed help. And people often don't see that when someone is crazy. They just laugh it off and be like, oh, that's so funny. You're so crazy. And it's like, no. Like, calling someone crazy, uh, what if they are crazy, you know? 
That's a very good story, David. Yeah. That's very, very good. Very good. It's kind of like, yeah, you say, uh, I don't know. I what what pops into my head? I think, you know, talk a lot, but listen more than you talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but try to understand what the other person is saying. And I'll I'll add to that. Trying to understand why the other person is saying that. Where is it coming from? Maybe it doesn't make sense, and maybe that's more important than things that do make sense. Because mm-hmm. they need help. Yeah. You know. That's a very good story. I like that. It's very, very interesting. So the people who listen, actually listen to her and and noticed that she was crazy, uh, actually thought about that. They didn't use it as humor. They actually thought about it and addressed that and got her help. Yeah. And she's and she feels better now. So so that's good. People can see through. Uh, the smoke and mirrors of uh, nar- uh, just something that's uh, j- just self-absorbed. Yeah. Like, I'm going to laugh and ha, 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 and then move on. says, no, I'll laugh, but then wait a minute. Start thinking of the person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad there's people like that out there that actually think about what's actually happening and don't just go for the easy laugh and move on. Well, like your behavior, if you're crazy, is... It's not really sustainable, but, you know, the one group she was with is like, well, let's just film it and we'll get views. And then when it's over, we'll say, you were so crazy that for that three day period. Um, and they'll laugh about it, you know. And another person is like, well, we're doing it. But also it's format, the podcast. You can't really sit down and have a meaningful conversation with someone if they're not in their right mind. And their behavior will be much more problematic because like a vlog is basically you film everything that's going on in, in someone's life and then you take the best bits and you edit it into a four-minute video. Uh, with a podcast, you have to sit down across from someone like you and I are sitting across and have a meaningful conversation for a reasonable period of time. And if someone's not in their right mind, it doesn't really play into that format. So it's not like, oh, we can't just take your two-minute breakdown in a week long of you being crazy and put it into the video and get laughs. It's like, no, you need to be here. You need to be present. And they would laugh at the fact that you were crazy because they could just take a two-minute clip and it would get them views. But we can't do that here. You have to be present. And so we need to address the fact that it is an issue. They would laugh at it, but I think it's it's an issue that you should address. And when someone just was able to tell you that, I don't know. I think that it could mean the world to you in the in the long term. Because someone was willing to listen, like you said. Talk, mm-hmm. but listen, listen more. And someone, yeah. like what I'm hearing is, you know, people would call you crazy and use that to excuse your behavior. But maybe that behavior was because you are actually crazy and we should look at that. It's good that people would actually think about what she was saying, listen to her, what she was saying, think about it, and then make some judgments and say, hey, do you need help? Mm-hmm. And not and not look at just the surface of it, but go deeper. And uh, so when you listen to people, uh, listen deep, listen deeply, you know, where are they coming from? Why are they saying what they're saying? And, and, uh, 
I guess be aware, be aware, and try to be as as uh, as sensitive as possible to what's happening around you. And then, uh, as opposed to crazy, there's an opposite of the spectrum that I saw a story this week. Uh, do you know Bam Margera from Jackass? Oh, you mentioned it, yeah. And it's a sad story. He was the leader. He was a ringleader. Uh, and he's fallen on some very, very hard times. Uh, drug and alcohol addiction. Here's a current picture of him. Uh, that was from last year on Dr. Phil. And uh, he's gained a lot of weight. He's, uh, I guess he's drinking a lot. And he did an Instagram video where he was talking about how they're kicking him off the set of Jackass 4 and he's going to have to sue Jeff Tremaine. And then he pukes. And it's like sad. It's kind of like rock bottom, you know, because he's so drunk. He pukes on the video. And then the next day, he said, you know, he, he gets on Instagram when he's sort of sobered up and he's like, listen, I just got diagnosed manic bipolar. Uh, I'm going to get on this medication. We're going to get back to filming. We're going to film some awesome shit. And everyone in the comments is like, he's in denial. Like, you don't just go from one day being blackout drunk, puking on Instagram, to the next day, oh, you have manic bipolar. It's solved now. You know, it's a process. And a lot of people were sharing their story. And they're like, when I was uh, an alcoholic, I would drink every day. And I thought that I had depression or bipolar. And I thought I needed to be on medication. And then when I quit drinking, I realized my diagnosis was alcoholism. And it's it's fascinating that I mean, people would say that. I don't know if that's clinically true, but I think there might be some credence to what they're saying in that instance. Uh, yeah. Well, the the other thing, too, is what, what I think of is that uh, uh, di- uh, diagnoses. Mm-hmm really uh, diagnoses are based on what you observe a person doing, not necessarily the cause of them doing it. Mm-hmm. I could, what, so what's a bipolar? Well, they have this, 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 this reaction, this reaction, this action, this thing. And I don't know if I'm right or not, but it seems to me like they say, well, if you observe this, then we will diagnose that behavior as this. That doesn't necessarily mean that that identifies the cause of why they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, that's basically what they're saying to this guy. Yeah. And I, I think it's a good point. It's a very good point. Well, some people have bipolar naturally. Mm-hmm. So nothing is causing it. They will just, that's just their psyche there. They will naturally be that way. Yeah. Now, some people will have that behavior, but that behavior then could have a a stimulus or a source that could be corrected. Yes. And it's not a natural thing. Well, because like the treatment for bipolar might be like lithium or, I don't know, Lexapro, something, you know, it's like psych drugs. But the thing about it is like those psych drugs, like you said, you take them in a vacuum. This individual, they're waking up, they're eating some yogurt, they're eating a chicken sandwich for lunch, and they're eating uh, 
rice and ground beef for dinner. And they drink just water and they go to bed. Well, with that chemical balance, uh, the, the lithium might work. But if they're drinking a liter of alcohol every day, it throws the chemical balance out of whack. And I mean, a good place to start is don't drink a liter of alcohol every day. Uh, then see what happens and then see what drugs to administer. You know, I think that when you, like, and they call it a cocktail. I think they literally do call it a cocktail. I've never had like psychiatric intervention, but I have friends who have. They put them on a cocktail of medicines. It's like, oh, we're just going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I do think that because every individual uh, that's an adult is allowed to self-medicate with, I don't know, well, at least caffeine, over-the-counter drugs, and alcohol, and in Colorado, even with marijuana, uh, the doctor's not completely in control of which drugs go into that person's body. And then also, I think nutritionally, uh, it does have some long-term or medium-term effect. If you're eating nothing but triple cheeseburgers from McDonald's every day, I think you're more likely to be depressed than if you eat a balanced diet and exercise daily. That's that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, we're we're in the same thought thought pattern here. It's kind of like uh, you go to the doctor, you go to your your checkup, and you say, and you say, you know, I, I'm I've been gaining weight lately. And the doctor says, well, you know, you really should exercise. Okay, I'll start exercising. And then you go six months, a year later, the next checkup. Have you been exercising? Oh, yeah, I, I exercise three times a week, you know, and uh, but I'm still gaining weight. And he says, well, try to exercise more. And he says, okay. And then what the person doesn't say is when I exercise, I get so hungry <laughs> that afterward I, I eat a gallon of ice cream, mm -hmm. you know, and then in the morning I'll have a whole a whole cream pie for <laughs> breakfast because I'm so hungry because I worked out so much. No, they don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it says, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, work out will maybe lower, use up this much calories, but what you're eating gives you this much so that's a simple example, but the same thing. I, I'm a really big advocate on nutrition, uh, a healthy lifestyle, and uh, your body, listening to your body. And uh, so a lot of the psychiatric drugs and a lot of lot of medications cover up things uh, so that you can have uh, the right type of uh, uh, appearance and behavior. But that behavior is induced by something covering up what's natural. And uh, having said that, some people naturally have problems coming out. And so do you cover it up? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, that's not my area. Mm -hmm. So I got to be careful what I say. Uh, we're just we're just two sons of Sequoia chit-chatting. Well, I think. But I don't know. I, I just think there's a problem. There's a problem on, in, in that area. I think there's very little uh, evidence of documented mental illness in Native American cultures in America. And I think it's just, they felt like those people had a, a crazy spirit inside of them. And they let them, I mean, there was no way to mitigate their behavior. And they let them roam free. That was the, like, sort of like a live and let live approach. Like, that person is so crazy, they may not pull their weight with, I don't know, 
skinning the buffalo or, you know, building the fire, but they'll go out and they'll commune with the spirits. And they may bring back some wisdom that we can't as, like, they wouldn't call that person crazy. They'd say they were touched, you know, like, touched by a spirit. Uh, and I do think that some of our greatest art and music and writing was written by people that they weren't uh, meat and potatoes, 100% sane individual. So I think that in Western culture, too, we get uh, the benefit of people that are psychiatrically abnormal, uh, mostly in, in art and music and in the creative pursuits. But who knows? I mean, I think that there are a lot of computer scientists and astrophysicists that are on the spectrum, as they say, and they have a, a divergent uh, cognitive profile that allows them to just be incredibly great at, at math or figuring out problems. And it's like, if you gave them drugs so that they weren't as good at math or figuring out problems, but they were able to hold a conversation more fluidly, like, would you be doing a disservice to humanity by blunting that? Yeah. You mentioned one time, which I thought was really good, is that, yeah, Native Americans seem to have less mental problems than other other people, but maybe it's because they had a much broader sphere of acceptance yeah, of social behavior. It's what you define as a mental problem. That's right. So that's not mental. That's just him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not crazy. Oh, that's just her. That's just who they are. And it was accepted as part of uh, the culture had a much broader acceptance of of how we're going to live together. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think you're right that they, they really do accept accept more so uh, than than uh, than a much narrow. So you have to you have to sit in a classroom and learn and everything. Well, just because they're crazy doesn't mean they're dumb mm -hmm. or, or they're not artistic or and sometimes they're free uh, to express the talent that they do have. And so, oh, well, if you're, you know, if uh, if you have a speech impediment or well, you can't really sing. So, yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> you're not musically inclined because you can't you can't really talk. Those are two different things. And so, so because uh, there have been a lot of great singers that stutter, mm -hmm. for example. And it says, oh, if you're stutter, oh, that's terrible. You know, you, you really can't sing. We don't want you in the choir. Well, as it turns out, they turned out to be great singers. Because yeah. their voice is awesome. And because singing uses a different part of your brain than talking. Yeah, but the people, the people that would judge other people... Uh, uh, here, here comes a statement that's controversial. <laughs> people that judge other people really are not that sharp. Mm -hmm. Because they they don't understand, oh, yeah, they use different parts of their brain. Oh, I don't care. Uh, they, and they, they're just not sharp enough to see that delineation, which I don't like. I don't like. Let, let people be themselves. Yeah. Um, it's like I saw this thing on Reddit on Facepalm, which is just people being dumb. And it's like an article and it's like lower cognitive ability linked to mask refusal. 
And then the top comment was this guy that said, I don't know what lower cognitive ability is, but you're not going to get me to wear a mask. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's uh, pretty classic, right? Uh, well, you know, I laugh. Okay, again, humor. <laughs> the person who said that <clears throat> probably doesn't see the humor in that because the reason they don't see the humor in that is the reason it's funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's a good one. Let me see. Uh, here's the... Here's the uh... But I need to find the, the insane people Facebook. There it is. Here's the uh, lower cognitive ability linked to non-compliance with social distancing guidelines during the coronavirus. I don't know what lower cognitive ability means, but I certainly won't wear a mask ever. There it is, Mikey. <laughs> and the guy's name is right there. Yeah, they, <laughs> I like how they blacked out just enough that like Cole W something. You could probably figure it out if you had a little internet spirit. <laughs> oh, man, the guy. And the thing of it is, the guy doesn't even know what he said. No. Because he said it. You know, oh, let me say something stupid. Well, why would you say <laughs> something stupid? Because I am stupid. Yeah. And I don't know it's, I don't know it's not stupid. <laughs> now you gotta wonder too like uh, when you see stuff like this on the internet are people just engineering it or are people actually that stupid and I think the answer is both <laughs> I, I think sometimes you'll see like what would be the perfect comment and someone will fake it but then also there are times where there is a perfect storm where people are that stupid like if someone hadn't have faked oh, yeah. that comment someone would have made that comment unironically if someone hadn't have faked that comment there has been a multitude of people thinking it. Mm -hmm. They'll think it; they just wouldn't say it. And uh, and when they hear that, they go, "Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I get. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm not wearing no mask because a lot of people don't. Yeah, they'll fight you because because you have a store. It says, look, this is my this is my store. If you come into my store, you wear a mask. Well, I'll fight you because I don't want to wear a mask. And uh, and that's that's. Now, I don't understand what that means, but I'm going to fight you because I don't want to wear a mask. Here we go. This is another one from Reddit. Another one, okay. <laughs> Water, one mile, one kilometer. But the Americans are right. A mile is less than a kilometer. One mile equals 1.6 kilometers. <laughs> uh-huh. You guys are saying he's wrong, but he isn't. One mile is equivalent to 1.609 millimeters. If you want to water, the mile sign would be closer. <laughs> That's he, great. That's great. There's a logic to that, right? 1.6 is more than yeah. one. Yeah, therefore, a mile is closer than a kilometer. But it's like, no, you're wrong. But 1.6 is more than one, so it's further. Like, no, that's not how it works. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that reminds me of the, because uh, uh, people, uh, that reminds me of the Abbott and Costello uh, 
joke about the uh, let me borrow five dollars or something. No. Oh yeah. They have a bunch of a bunch. I think they're great. And uh, Abbott and Costello are talking about the money exchanges. Uh, I can't. I can't think of. Uh, there's two or three of them uh, that that are really good. And it's like, can do you can do you have that? And the guy's like, no, I don't. So like, well, you can just owe it to me. Let, let me let me have what I gave you. You know. And it's like the guy ends up owing him a bunch of money because he wanted to borrow money. I could probably I could try to find it. There's a number of them. Uh, Two tens for a five. I think that's the classic one. That's one of them. Two tens for a five. Loan me fifty cents. That was that's another one. Should we watch Loan Me Fifty Cents? It looks like I he's. Think, I think Loan Me Fifty Cents is one I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, let's let's see that. It's like two minutes long. I love it. There it is, right there. Full screen. I've got to use the telephone. Loan me 50 cents. Have it. I would like to loan you 50 cents, but I can't do it. All I got is 40 cents. 40 cents? Yeah. Well, all right. Give me the 40 cents, and you owe me 10 cents. Right. All right? Wait a minute. What's the matter? How come I owe you 10 cents? What I ask you for? 50 cents. Then what'd you give me? 40 cents. So you owe me 10 cents. How can I owe you 10 cents? Now, wait a minute. Now, listen. I gave you all that money I had in my pocket. I gave you 40 cents. Are you with me again? I got to owe you 10 cents besides. I asked you for 50 cents. Well, all I had was 40 cents. So you owe me 10 cents. How can I owe you 10 cents? Take it easy. Take it easy. 40 cents and 10 cents is how much? Hey, that's, um, everybody knows that. No, it's um, 50 cents. Oh, no, no. 25 and 25 is 50 cents. Uh, Give me that. All right. Here's your 40 cents. Give me back the dime you owe me. Okay. Now we're even. Now we're even. Okay. That's my own fault for asking you well, for a loan of uh, 50 cents. You tricked me too much into this. I shouldn't ask you for uh, 50 cents. <laughs> how can I loan you 50 cents? Well, all I got left now is 30 cents. Now, loan me the 30 cents and you owe me 20. Okay. Now, no, no, I can start everything. You owe me 20 cents. Hmm. Now, make it... Uh, it's clear to you, am I right? How can I owe you 20 no, cents now? See you. Shut First time I owe you 10 cents, now I owe you 20 cents. I give you all the money I've got in the world. All right. I, I can't owe you that kind of money. Here's your 30 cents. Give me the 20 cents you owe me. Okay. There we are. Now, now we're all set. We're all set. We're all set. Now, what are you hollering about? I'm not... Uh, I can't... I don't understand this. You don't understand. It's kind of transaction. What do you mean? What's so? You start to ask for 50 cents, and I give you 40 cents, I give you 30 cents. My friend, it's the last time I'll ever ask you for the loan of 50 cents. Ah, uh, but you got me on me. How can I loan you 50 cents? All I got left now is 10 cents. Is that all you got left? That's all I got left. Well, loan me the dime. Now I ain't got nothing. Now, wait a minute. Now, don't get excited. I don't understand these transactions. You're ruining you. my calculations. You're ruining my finances. Uh, wait a minute. I'll tell you what I'll do with you. What did you have? I have 40 cents when I started. Just a minute. You want to take an IOU for the 40 cents? Is it good? Well, certainly it's good. Well, that's business. I mean, after well, all, you go to a bank, you've got to do that. I do everything strictly business. Well, that's all right. I'll take IOU. You got, a, you got a pencil? Yeah, pencil. Give me a pencil. I'll put the IOU on my piggy bank. That's right. Now, here. I owe you 40 cents. There you are. Now, sign your name. Okay. There you are. Now, you see, everything is legal. Here, here, here. Got him. Yeah, that's so. That's a when I when I hear that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that's I can just see that in our culture because people are dumb. Mm -hmm. They they just don't think. Uh, they they'll. I see a bank talking to the people coming in. I see 
uh, people that loan money. Loan sharks are that way. Uh, uh, investment firms, uh, uh, advertisement on TV sometimes are that way. And uh, it's not not that bad, but they just don't think. Like, wait a minute, think think through this. Have you thought this through, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Well, you know, I, as you know, David, I grew up in a grocery store. And at a very young age, uh, my mother let me run the cash register. And uh, actually, back then, there was no computers. It was just a mechanical. Uh, I was electric, but it was a mechanical cash register. And so people would give me money. Like, like the bill is this. They give me money. I give them change. And so at the very young age, I was, oh, okay, this, this is what you owe. If you give me this, you pay me more. Uh, than what the bill was, so I give you change back. So I understood that debit and credit kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are people coming in that were older, much older than me, and they did not understand that. And I, I thought, wow, that that's that's really really strange. For example, this is a true story. I was at the shopping cart, okay, of my dad's store, and. Uh, the lady, uh, something, I remember it was like, it was like 98 cents. And she says, it was 98 cents. And so she gave me a dollar and two cents. And I said, okay, but, and so I took the dollar and I put two cents down with her two cents. It was four cents. And she says, what are you doing? And I said, well, you owe me 98 cents, but you gave me a dollar and two cents. I owe you two cents from the dollar. And she says, no, young man, you don't understand. The difference between 98 and a dollar is two cents. So there's my dollar and there's my two cents. And I go, yes, but I owe you two. She says, don't argue with me, young man. And I go, I looked at my dad and my dad just kind of like, and I go, okay. So I took the dollar, took the two cents. She walked out. I put the dollar in, I took four cents, put it in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. And I and I looked at my dad and my dad just smiled and said, That's some, people. Some people are You're dumb. You're gonna get those kind of people. Some people are dumb. And she was not gonna take because cause I was like a teenager, I was like fifteen or sixteen, mm -hmm. something like that. And uh and she was like an older woman. She was not gonna take advice from a younger person. Yeah. Yeah, and even though even though I'm right. Mm -hmm. Which is another point, David. We should listen to young people. Yeah. They're not always right, but we're not always right either. <laughs> you need to talk a lot, but listen more than you talk and understand what they're saying and understand why they're saying it. It's like you when know? we went to change our um, internet plan, we went to the store itself and you saw something different than what Laura and I saw, Laura, my sister, and I said, look, it's all young people. And the people that were at the kiosks, the workers, and Laura and myself were the youngest people in the store because everyone that needed help in person with their cable was like 100 years old. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's all old people. And you're like, well, it's all young people helping out. It's like, it's all old people that need help. And there's a reason for that. It's because old people don't understand technology. Uh, I think well, I see that different, too. 
I see that different. You're right that understand technology, but I don't see that's the reason why they're there. Uh, that's one reason, but the greater reason is that they've had 30, 40, 50, 60 years of talking to someone in person to have someone service them and get it done. Mm -hmm. That's what they're used to. That's what service means to them. Service to them does not mean getting online and click, 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 and I got my I got my bill paid or something. That's not service because they've never done that for 50, 60 years. And someone who's 20 years old or 25 years old, they do not understand or have no way of knowing what it's like to have done something for 60 years and now all of a sudden change. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can do it. I, I can I I can't do everything, but I do a lot of things online now. But the point is I'm much more comfortable talking to someone. I'd rather go in and talk to them because I've I'm I've done that my whole life. Mm -hmm. So you're right, but also there's more to it than that. I think the latter is more of it. Says, oh, and they don't want to try to learn the technology because uh, they've never had to before. Someone else has done it for them. Yeah. But the young people, they the young people are they just learn it. Uh, I remember when Laura asked for a phone. Remember when the phones come out, uh, the cell phones, and she asked me, uh, "Could I have one?" She was she was young. And I say, well, uh, for one, uh, uh, you can have one uh, on one condition, you know, and she probably thought, I don't know what she thought. She might may have thought, oh, no, uh, I can't use it here. I have restrictions, this kind of thing. And she goes, OK, what? And I said, if you get a phone, learn as much about that phone as you can, because <laughs> it's not going away. Because mm -hmm. I saw that. And she did. She's very good with it. Isn't she, David? Yeah. She's really good with it. Because when she was young, she learned it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when I was young, I learned things too, but it wasn't that kind of technology. No, but I think there's also, I think with technology, this sort of spirit where you got to jump in feet first. You don't need to read a book. You don't need to take a class. You know, if there's a software that you want to learn, you install it and you start trying to use it. And if you yeah. hit a roadblock, you go to YouTube and you try to get past that roadblock and then you just keep using it. I guess uh, just we could close off talking about we saw a YouTube video of a conference presentation about a software that both of us don't use called Blender by Captain Disillusion. What did you think of that? Because I, I saw it and I was sort of mind blown by it. I was like, this is one of the best conference presentations I've ever seen. It was, it was, it, it was, it was, he was a showman. Mm -hmm. He was a showman. He was he. It wasn't the content; it was how he delivered the content. It was it was a show. It was fantastic. I I, I don't know Blender well. I kind of know what Blender is, but uh, I couldn't stop watching. What's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? I mean, he was very very engaging. He's talented. Mm -hmm. He's very talented. And the way that he structured the show, he was the only actor. But there were multiple of them, and it it was very exciting for a conference presentation about software, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, those people were had a treat. Yeah, um, let's see. I'll pull it up so that people could see. It's just Captain Disillusion uh, Blender. We saw other Captain Disillusion's uh, uh, different podcast, whatever you call them, uh, clips. He's very good. He's very smart. He's very good. Yeah, if you want to look it up, if you're listening to the audio, it's Captain Disillusion, World's Greatest Blender-er, live at the Blender Conference. Uh, it was pretty 2018. awesome. Pretty awesome, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. I When I first started watching, I said, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just pulled you in and pulled you in, and you don't want it to stop. And when he ends, he had a very good ending. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that he was over. He resolved everything. And you think, ah, oh, you left very satisfied. It, you are entertained. I was blown away. Yeah. And I'm old. <laughs> uh, but I've actually installed Blender, and I just couldn't figure it out, and I quit. Also, it's not something that I really needed for the content that I make, you know? Like these uh, overlays that you see on the screen, they're Photoshop. It's like you got to learn basic Photoshop. Uh, editing video, use Premiere. You learn basic Premiere. Um, but 3D modeling, that doesn't really play into the type of content that I make, so I never really... But if I had to, if I wanted to make 3D animations, even simple 3D animation... I would have to learn a program like Blender. You know, there's a bunch of them, but I'd have to choose one and devote a lot of time to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what, also, because I do tutorials on another channel, Talking Leaf Media, about Cubase, which is a music production program, and I know that software very well. Well, people will write in, and it's a lot like when you try to teach someone how to play guitar or piano, um, they want the hack. Oh, how do you get past this roadblock? And sometimes the answer is what works for you. Like, you know, this just works for me. If it's not working for you, figure out a different way to do it. But most of the time with anything that requires knowledge and skill, the answer is practice. And people don't want to hear that. You know? Oh, how do I do this? I'm stuck at this. It's like, oh, what you do is you take an issue like that and you iterate a thousand times. And on the thousandth iteration, you'll have seen all the variations, all the possible things that can come up and trip you up. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, a year, two years, five years from now, you'll know it inside and out because you've jumped in both feet first. When you ran into a roadblock, you just you practiced how to get around it, you know? And people don't want to hear that. They say, yeah, but how do I get around it now? And it's like, do your best. It's like, but it's unsatisfactory, the results. And it's like, well, maybe next time it will be satisfactory because you've seen it once before. Or maybe next time it won't be satisfactory, but on the 50th time, it'll be satisfactory. And on the 100th time, it'll be great. And what's crazy is people don't want to hear that. But really, I think that's true. Like Captain Disillusion, I'm sure... He's given speeches that were not as good as that one he gave at BlenderCon in 2018. But he clearly has experience doing live performance and making videos, you know, for the for a decade. Where 
all that experience and all that practice and all that knowledge went into that one performance. And it's like, it was obvious that it's not like he's just talented. He has a lot of skills and he put them to use. And those skills can only be developed with hard work and practice. That's right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. He was very knowledgeable. He was smart, smart guy. But I was impressed on how skilled he was. Mm-hmm. He was very skilled at what he did. He also had multiple skills. Uh, he had good presentation skills. He had good organizational skills. He had good production skills. <laughs> I I said, wow, this this guy is exceptional. I haven't seen uh, these kind of people like this guy, mm-hmm. whatever his whatever his name is. They're rare. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rare. You don't get people like that very often. They're they're in uh, uh, in a class unto themselves. I've never seen a presentation uh, that that professional, that sharp. It was a one-man show. Mm-hmm. It was a one-man show, and you saw him what two or three, di- two, two or maybe three different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was wow. Now I'm sure he had someone running things. The lights and maybe the PowerPoint. It looked like he was running the PowerPoint himself for the display. Uh, uh, maybe because he's a sharp guy. Because mm-hmm. he had his, he had his little tablet here, and he was maybe doing it himself. Yeah. Could be. And it was. It was remote. It was. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. But how do you get there? Practice. Hard work. Yeah. Practice. Hard work. Practice. Hard work. Practice. Hard work. You never give up. I. I you know, Michael Jordan said the same thing. You know. Well, you work hard. Mm-hmm. You work hard. Uh, look at all these uh, gymnasts and look at all the uh, Olympians. They go. You work hard every single day. You do hours and hours and hours. And some people are not willing to do that. Yeah. I think they that were- it's, uh, people just want, oh, I want it now. And it's like, that's not how it works. Well, that's not how those things work. You know, uh, we do have, well, the other thing too, like we have, a, like you mentioned, uh, you know, you just download it, software and start. If you don't understand something, Google it, you know, mm-hmm. because today everything is much faster Okay, back when I was younger, uh, you didn't understand something. You went to the library and went to the card catalog and see if you could find a book on it. And so if you did, then you go down and try to find the book and you look through different books and you might find a book that would say something about it. And so you could check it out and read it. And then two or three days later, go back and say, that wasn't the kind of book I wanted. And so over a period of weeks, you might get enough information to get started. Okay. Well, today that would happen in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole different kind of learning. Also, today I'll field questions that you could Google, and it's annoying. As an instructor, I think as an instructor, before people would ask you those questions, and you'd be excited because you'd know the answer. You know. Now it's like, couldn't you have just Googled that? Like, uh, it's kind of a waste of my time. You can find that answer on your own, you know? It's, it's weird. The, the line between what value add do I have over Google? 
You know what I mean? Because if someone needs a factual piece of information, they can find it on Google. Now, if someone needs a factual piece of information contextualized, that's where an instructor may come in. If someone needs to learn a technique, that's where an instructor comes in. But if someone's just looking for a fact, what year was Jose Canseco born? Well, I might know that, but I might be mistaken, and I might be mistaking Jose Canseco for Mark McGuire. So it's actually better and more accurate to go to Google and ask what year was Jose Canseco born? It's 1964. <laughs> and Mark McGuire was born 1963 down here. And I was like, I almost said 1963 because I confused Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. You know, you're actually better off Googling something because I think specific pieces of information, Google holds that stuff better. Now, contextualizing that to say, oh, yeah, I mean, I can tell you right now, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire were the Bash brothers in Oakland. And they hit all these home runs and they were just roided to the gills in the late 80s. Uh, Mark McGuire went on to break Roger Maris' single-season home run record. And, of course, you could find all this from Google, but that would be, you'd have to hunt for it. I Like, when I tell you about the story of the Bash Brothers, I'm telling you about it from my memory. You know what I mean? So it sort of reveals more about me than about what I read on Google. Because I haven't read Jose Canseco's Wikipedia page, but I know that Wikipedia knows what year Jose Canseco was born. So it's a it's an authoritative source for something like that, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah. I think we've made it an hour without a topic. I think we did pretty good. I think we could talk for another hour <laughs> if we wanted to. We could. But uh it's so been many, so many things to talk about. Yeah, it's been an hour. Do you think we should shut it off here and come back tomorrow for movie Tuesday? Yeah, I'm looking forward to movie Tuesday. I I was very impressed with this movie. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it because I think there's a lot. Uh, I, actually, you know, I kind of regret. Um, I need to watch, like anything, I need to watch the movie a couple more times because there's so many different scenes in that movie. Like, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. This is cool. That's a good point. Good point. Good point. And I don't remember them all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's so many good things come out of that movie. It was well done. Very well done. So, yeah, so join us tomorrow for Movie Tuesday, A Night in Miami, directed by Regina King. Um, We'll discuss that movie, and we'll solve all the world's problems. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we retire for the morning? Hey, Senses of Koi say, keep on talking, but listen more than you talk. And you want to play your flute? I actually have the music rolling right now. All right. Listen more to your talk. And I'm going to add to that and say, try to understand what they're trying to say and where they're coming from. Bye. Bye. Bye.